Warning, the following podcast is conducted by trained professionals. Any attempts to replicate opinions given in this production may result in serious physical and or mental disfigurement. Viewer discretion is advised. Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free. Yeah, there it is. Is there anything else, or is that the intro? Hey guys, welcome back. Okay. To the show. Uh, I'm with my guest, uh, Matthew. Well, I'm not a guest, I'm a co-host. Guest of the show, how are you doing? Uh, it's good to be back, as always. You know, it's always a pleasure whenever you do have me on, as as few and far between as those appearances are. But uh, it's I'm doing pretty good this fun uh day unnamed day i had a i had an idea that once school once the university opened up again that we mm. record it um well used to record it. it's been almost a year now um i would put posters around the school and i would um saying that if someone wanted to come on the show they could just uh dm us on instagram and we could work something out and uh, randoms you mean non-film, yeah. professional film critics? Yeah. You know, it's good to you know, get opinions from those who, who don't kind of have a, a film background like we do. You know, being a movie critic, it's it's no small feat. You know, arguably it's harder than making a film because years of dedication and study are required. Now, I'm not opposed to the idea, but when you put a want ad out like that, you're going to get some stinkers okay and that's the biggest fear is that <laughs> we're gonna get you know i mean we can try it but that's good we're gonna have to put a disclaimer up to the diehard cough fans who who want the p- pure unfiltered stuff that this one might be sullied I, we've had great guests in the past we had a uh, person i don't think i can name and caitlin and i think that's it <laughs> Don't I name think, them. I think I think that's it for our guests on the show. And you, and you've been on the show. A and I times. and I'm I'm you're right. I've been on the show here and there, uh, and those were great guests. Well, so you know, we'll see. Well, that's just it. You know, you're great, but we need some more guests. <laughs> we need to spice it. So I'm not good enough. Is this is where what we're getting at here? Is that's it? Well, you know. Uh, what do I know though? <laughs> Do you know about big trouble? Big trouble in Little China. You know that? I know that movie. I just watched it actually, coincidentally. Really? Yeah, you know, it was just on a whim. I decided to watch it, and then lo and behold, uh, you Luke's- have time to talk about it. I got. <sighs> Hold on, let me check the schedule. Okay. Yeah, I got time. I got a little time. Yeah, I got time. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, The Incredibles is not a cult movie, but that would be a great review. There's so many great reviews, you know. Maybe one day we'll break out into the mainstream. Mainstream once, you know, I don't know what's like the premiere. Once Rotten Tomatoes calls us and they hire us, then then we'll be reviewing the big big budget releases. But uh, in the meantime, we'll we'll review our little cult movies here. Big Trouble in Little China being one of them. We'll throw Johnny a bone. 
Good old Johnny Carpenter. I mean, what a director, right? You know, he What a composer. What a composer. What a man. Just like the Da Vinci of our time. Sort of the Da Vinci of our time. I you know what he in terms of cult directors, you can't you can't go better than Carpenter. I mean like I guess if you think about it, his bigger movie, well, his bigger movies, but like his more popular films aren't like necessarily called, like I guess Halloween's not called technically, but he has that cult appeal, you know, he's got chills, thrills, it's those elements of exploitation films, and of course we get Kurt Russell, so, you know. He makes kind of like the Citizen Kane of cult movies. (laughs) Every time? Every time. Well, 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 maybe not this time. Maybe not this time. <laughs> I was going to say that. Do you want to get straight into it? Yeah. Let's... Um. Okay, go ahead. Go, you, you know, take the floor, uh, guest of the show. I was going to give him a little rundown of the plot here. So, this is, as I said, uh, you know, a Carpenter film, or as Luke mentioned. And in this, we get big old Kurt Russell, and he's playing Kurt Russell again, kind of. No knock against him, but I'll talk a little bit about more about that later. But what we have here is a sort of martial arts action comedy type picture in which you have this man, and he's just a good old party American man. And his name, his name is Jack Byrne. And, you know, he's got a buddy named Wang Chi, and he owns the Chinese restaurant. And after, you know, a couple of games of whatever gambling they're doing and a couple of beers, uh, they decide they're going to go pick up Wang Chi's girlfriend from the airport. And then she gets kidnapped by these gangsters. And then after that, they unravel this kind of conspiracy, which is all thrown on us very suddenly, that involves Chinese mysticism and a lot of kung fu and basically they have to journey into the dark underbelly of chinatown in san francisco uh to rescue wang chi's girlfriend uh slash fiance and that's uh that's what drives the plot it's basically kind of like in a in a kind of typical mold like just a save the damsel in distress kind of thing yeah yeah um yeah so kurt russell his he kind of plays this character in this movie that reminds me. Do you know the YouTuber Shoe Nice? I know the YouTuber Shoe Nice. He he likes to eat things, and yeah, emphasis he on me just of Shoe things. Nice in this movie. <laughs> Elaborate. I do kind on of that. like in in this movie. They kind of do a subversion of the action hero, mm-hmm. in that he he he's a trucker. And he really isn't there to be an action hero. He's just there to get his money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess halfway through the adventure, he's like, ah, forget the money or whatever. But at the end of the movie, he's, he doesn't take on this role as an action star. And he's like, I'm going to stick around and clean up the streets or whatever. He just gets on his truck and goes back to trucking mm-hmm. with his, uh, his winnings from gambling. But I, I like that. There's a lot of effects in this movie, especially like um, effects involving like light lightning and pyrotechnics that look really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the movie looks good. There's this one set at the end of the movie where they have uh, 
they have these statues and then they're lined with like neon lights. I don't know if that was just, just that was special effects and there weren't actual neon lights there or not, but it looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, costuming's good, makeup is good. However, the characters themselves Uh-oh. are very, very weak. No. And it's to the point where I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking I really don't care. And I'm also just kind of confused at what MacGuffin I'm supposed to be caring about as well. Uh, I Look, the action's great. There's like so much that's good in this movie. And then I'm just thinking, okay, wait, what? Uh... What's his name? Um, Lopan is a is a ghost that has to sat, kill his wife, so a demon gives him his body back or something. Like I so confused, and this is my second or third time watching the movie. I still don't really know what the hell was the point of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, that that's kind of my general thoughts on it uh, on the movie. Uh, what about you? I'm gonna level with you. No, I'm gonna level with the audience. Uh, Mr. Carpenter has uh, disappointed me for the second time in a row, and he's on thin ice now because of this. Okay, you can only buy so much goodwill from Halloween and the thing. Dark Star was. They live. Dark Star was terrible, and this is not. This is not terrible, but this is disappointing to me. It's a really, really mixed bag, and I can see the kind of cult appeal that where people kind of look more favorably upon it now than they did back in the day. But I, I hold Mr. Carpenter to a high standard, so I have problems with this movie, okay? And a lot of it is, I agree ex- exactly with what you say. And, you know, I'll start with some of the good, though. I like the martial arts and the action in this, okay? The choreography, it's, like, kind of cheesy. <laughs> in a sequence at the end of the film, when they have their big battle, Wang Chi and then one of... Um, Lopan's cronies. So he has these three disciples named Thunder, Rain, and Lightning. And I think the big thing now that everyone knows about them is that they're like very clearly the inspiration for Raiden from Mortal Kombat, which is he yes. wears. I don't remember. I don't know what the hat is called, but he wears that hat, and then he has like a kind of baklava on the side of his face, and he shoots lightning. And the light and the guy in this uh, named Lightning is exactly like that. They're cool. Okay. But he, Wang Chi has a confrontation, I believe, um, with the one named Rain uh, at the end of the film. And they do this jump thing where they just jump in the air and it just shows them catapulting in the air and then they crisscross and just like 10 times. And I like the choreography, but that, like, that once portion of the film is kind of like, it just, it represents a lot of my problems, which is, which is like a kind of the repetitive nature of it in that. You okay. have you have these sequences where it's like okay time to do or time to have a fight and or you know now we're running away from the bad guy and after a while like things just kind of blend together and like towards yep. the second act of the like after the second act like I'm almost like tuning out and that's really it was really hard for me to like just think in my head like this is not really capturing my attention that well. The, same for me for the most part like the action is like it's it's entertaining for sure i'm sure as on a first watch once again it'll be something to be to behold and it's it is what it is but 
even then, like, I almost wish they went for something a little bit more, like, focused. I know that it's supposed to be, like, an homage to B-movies, like, Kung Fu B-movies and stuff like that, but it, it is what it is. The opening sequence of the film, um, and, the fr- and, like, the beginning of it had, like, a lot of promise for me, actually. I liked the tone of it. I liked when uh, Kurt Russell or Jack Byrne just rolls into town in his truck, and then he just starts buying stuff from the vendors, and then he's playing with everybody. It was fun. It was exactly what I kind of expected from this film and kind of a lighthearted comedy sort of style. And there are some like good quality uh, barbs and quips in this. Like, There's some good jokes. And I'll actually say that I almost yep. wish they leaned a little bit less into the action and more into the comedy. There's some good character interactions. Jack Burton himself I actually don't think is that funny. His whole a big thing with him is that his whole shtick through the movie, and I think it's meant to be, you know, he's meant to mirror the audience, and that you're thinking, what the hell is going on? Like he's always <laughs> saying, what, what, and the one running gag throughout the film that he has is, I just want my truck, because he loses his <laughs> truck in the beginning because they have to run away after he runs over a low pan, and he just wants the truck back because he's just a hardworking guy, he just wants to get back on the road, make his money eat his huge sandwiches talk shit about his ex-wife you know how it is um <laughs> but he and he has and there's some good interaction and stuff like that some of the dialogue in this is 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 bad and i think the script in this is a major issue because number one some of the dialogue while there are some funny jokes is like weirdly rushed and this movie has a big problem with exposition as well Okay, yeah. because and they just thing, hurl it at you. They hurl it at you, okay, and especially like there's a point in the film when they sort of see their first crazy thing happen. There's an alleyway scene where they see these two gangs fight each other, and then the, did you the, recognize the, a couple of the people in the gangs? Like, f- like just the random gang members. I didn't recognize them. Were they anybody special? Cool. Two cop reappearances. Number one. I forget his name. I'm going to look it up quickly. Okay, so, look it up. Uh, this, so I don't, because I want to give him a proper shout out. Um, it's not Robert Zadar. It's uh, Gerald Akamura from <laughs> Samurai Cop. I he w- is in the gang. I don't, did you recognize him? No, I'm going to look him up now so I can see him. I wish it was And Robert there Zidar. was also, I don't know the character's name or the actor's name. I'm finding it might take a minute, but... In Die Hard, there's this Asian guy. He's one of the bad guys. And then while they mm. have like their final fight with the cops, he steals like a Reese's cup or something, like a Wonder Bar, mm-hmm. uh, and he eats snacks on it. I don't know if you remember that. It was a very quick scene in Die Hard, but he's part of the, the gang too. I didn't remember that guy. I did recognize Gerald Okamura. I didn't know who he was, but I was just like, I know I've seen this guy before, and it's not because of, <laughs> like, you know, a subconscious racism. I know I've seen him somewhere. Uh, but, so, yeah, I, I do see... He was he was good as just, like, one of the gang members. Uh, he had some decent fighting chops. I, I'm guessing he's, like, a martial artist. Yeah, and, he is. Yeah, so his stuff was good, and I was glad to see him. Um, but then in that scene in the alleyway, then, yeah, they leave... That was a cool scene, too, when you had just have these two gangs come together. Um, yeah. But, but once again, like, that's an that scene represents a problem I have, where you have these two gangs come in, they fight, 
And then the three guys, the three elemental masters come in and they start killing people. And you're thinking, okay. Uh, and then Lopan shows up and he's shooting like lasers out of his mouth and eyes. And you're okay. Then they run away and then they regroup. And another, another thing I have with this movie is that you mentioned the characters and you're right. The characters in this are underdeveloped. In this, you have Jack Byrne and Wang Chi, and I really wish they had just leaned into like a buddy cop thing. Okay, me too. They should have just re- they should have just homaged Green Hornet or something, and it, it almost kind of does with the white guy and just the, the Asian psychic, and it subverts that, of course, by having Jack be not that competent and Wang Chi is doing flips and stuff. But then they introduce a bunch of characters. Okay, you get Kim Cattrall as Gracie La, who's like sort of the, f- I guess she's the female lead in this alongside, and she's kind of a romantic interest with Jack Byrne. I don't like her in this movie, to be quite honest. I think her performance is pretty bad, and I don't think she's giving great material either. She's kind of doing like a Lois Lane impression, but all of her lines are not delivered very convincingly. And in the scene in which they regroup in the restaurant after, and they start dumping exposition. That was one of my least favorite scenes in a Carpenter movie ever. Because... There were some times where they were dumping expo- exposition, and I thought it was, like, satirical. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but there were scenes, like, you know when you're watching, like, an anime or some, or just any crappy um, media, mm-hmm. And there's just scenes where characters are just clearly talking at you. Yeah. Not with themselves. There were scenes in this movie that were so directed at the audience. I was like, this has to be a joke. I, I was I was kind of thinking that in that scene, like, because, and then part of the joke there is that Jack's going, huh? What? What are you talking about? Slow down. And I kind of get that scene in movies, but usually that scene lasts like a couple scenes and then they give a clear explanation. In this, they just keep layering things on. And then at the end of the scene, they're like, hey, we got to go do this other thing. So then they go. And then the next scene happens. And I'm thinking, you know, this isn't a movie. The plot is like, at the end of the day, when you're done watching the movie, you'll find that the plot is not that complex. But the clumsy storytelling in this movie is just really strange to me. Because especially because in other Carpenter films, he does a, the storylines are like relatively simple, and they're of course very easy to follow, and it's done with I don't know more grace than this like thing. Um, it doesn't need to really like explain that much to you. Part of the great parts of the thing is that you kind of under you can kind of learn about the thing as the characters do. And, of course, they explain things about the thing as they come to realize its capabilities and stuff like that. But it doesn't feel like spoon-feeding, and it doesn't. It never felt like exposition dump. And in this, mm-hmm. it, it just takes it to another level where, at a point, you just don't care about the plot at all. And the, the story just is sort of a write-off to where it's just kind of a backdrop for all the action and the special effects in this. And I don't know, that was really disappointing to me. Because, of course, Carpenter is known for his great action and his special effects. And, of course, I, those are portions I love in his film. But he always makes a well-rounded film. And this one this one didn't quite uh, hit that mark. Yeah, one thing that I texted you, and the more I thought about it, like, made it more true, is that I really think there's a lot of this movie that is just ripped off or have been he- heavily inspired by... Uh, other other things like I got huge 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 Flash Gordon 
flashbacks from this movie. Mm. Um, I mean, both have like, I mean, in Flash Gordon, it was pretty much like Asian face, uh, <laughs> Asian mm-hmm. face, bad guy, big Asian emperor, Chinese emperor. And this one, um, they're going through the hall and then there's some like probe ball thing in Flash Gordon, which just monitors everything. And then they have the guardian, whatever eye monster in, uh, in this. And then it's like unexpected hero, like football player. And the other one, a trucker in this one, mm-hmm. they um, get hurled into this world that they're unaware of. And then they have to like save the universe. It was like, it's, there are other things too. And same with like Flash Gordon, like, Oh, you have to, we have to do this side quest and we, Oh, we have to run around and do this and that. Um, and I got the same, like same idea from this movie, except Flash Gordon was heck of a lot better. Flash Gordon was better than this. I agree. I would much rather. Well, I see. I really don't. Cause this movie has some good stuff. And I feel like overall, I came away from it. Like overall, I came away disappointed because it was a Carpenter film. And I wanted more. But overall, I was like, this, is, this isn't too bad. Like, it was enjoyable. Yeah, like, it. it's not a crap movie, but there is just this feeling, just like, uh, yeah, disappointment, I guess. Like, I was watching the movie, and I found myself like, oh, man, I'm not, uh, not really into this. And I kind of had to sit up and really focus on the movie. I'm like, hmm. Like, that's a bad sign. <laughs> You should just be focused on the movie from watching it. Like we, we don't have to sit down and focus on watching like Halloween. You just watch it and you like it, and then it's done. It, yeah, I yeah, don't know. There's just like almost too much, too much filler. Like th- th- there's a scene where they do the prison break, and then they're like, "Oh, we forgot the girls, and the other girl got oh God. kidnapped. Let's do it again." And I'm like, "Oh, we okay." you know what yeah that's that's a that's a thing too is that i i didn't like that scene when they escaped and it's like okay they left sony behind let's go back in i was expecting them to do a thing where they were kind of gonna go deeper and deeper into the underground as you're gonna see more elaborate and crazy things yeah and you know what the the design of the underground is not too bad and like for example in the last sequence which i really think was like where they spent a lot of their money is the last part is the wedding scene of the film when Shang Chi or not Shang Chi sorry when Lo Pan is uh getting ready to marry his wives and it's like wasn't the, that in Flash Gordon that scene or like the wedding yeah like wasn't the emperor marrying someone that that uh, princess or whatever I can't remember but now the more that you mention it the more this seems like a rip off of Flash Gordon uh, <laughs> uh I don't I don't remember if if that was like you mean in the movie. Yeah, in the movie, wasn't he marrying her and then, like, he would have control over everything? Uh, I can take a quick look. Let me see. Let's find the plot here. Um... Oh, my God. Why is the plot description on Wikipedia so long? Holy shit. (laughs) You see this? It's too much. Um, they're pro- that's probably Baron what they're Aura doing. Become the new leaders in. Uh, Baron fight through Ming's guards to get to Sector Alpha Nine and deactivate the lightning field. Uh, yes, the wedding hall, and impales Ming. He was getting married in this scene. Once his wedding to Dale has taken place. Yeah. Okay. So it's another Flash Gordon ripoff. 
Uh, that was a very astute observation. I didn't even, I didn't even really connect these two movies at all um, when I was watching this. But um, sorry, go ahead. I thought that too. Like I was watching and I was thinking that, and then Caitlin came in the room for the last half an hour of the movie, and she was like, "Man, this is a lot like Flash Gordon." And I was like, "Yep, yep, it is." I guess it's like kind of inspired. Well, you know, like Flash Gordon is like kind of pulp stuff, and I mean, like for sure, yeah. for sure, like the whole Yellow Peril kind of like ah, evil Asian, and he's oh, he's got weird powers. We don't know that. That's for sure ripped from that or like stories of that time for sure um but in that ending scene which is a pretty good scene and the sets are well done the set is well done it's like probably like i it's before watching this movie seeing like screenshots from it i saw a lot from this and then they have a big battle sequence everybody's fighting it looks cool uh and stuff like that uh i can't even remember what my point was about this (laughs) (laughs) um I hate when that happens. <laughs> they put a lot of money into this into this one portion. It's a, and it's good, and all the effects. And I'll say the set design and the effects in this are good. Oh, I was talking about the set design. Um, no, you under- were talking. You wish they went to deeper into the I, underground. I wish they went deeper into the underground and like there was more twists and turns. The look of it is fine. Like it starts off and it's just like warehouse corridors, but then oh, there's torture rooms and ah, oh, there's stuff like that. I almost went wish they went even deeper into the but budget constraints and stuff like that, and they put a lot into this last sequence. But I like the last, like this wedding hall thing. It's got a big skull. It's got all these lights. It looks cool. Uh, the effects are this. In, the effects in this are pretty good. They're not quite though to the level of something like the thing, if that's what you're looking for, because in the thing. The effects in that are really sublime. Like just uh, the effects for the thing are like the standout, of course. But all of that looks really good. It's so intricately done. There's a lot of care to it. This is good, but it kind of goes for the um, the more is better <laughs> technique, I suppose. Where there's a lot of it. Yeah. There's a ton of creatures. As you mentioned, there's like that little guy with all the eyes on him. He looked pretty good. Then they have this weird guy that looks like a hairy version of the Predator. That one doesn't look as good. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a lot of costumes, stuff like that. It all looks good. I read in an interesting piece of trivia that uh, Carpenter actually was not satisfied with the effects work in this. And I guess as an effects nerd, um, this whatever studio he handed the reins to, he, he just felt into the right care. And I think I mentioned this before in a review but this was the movie that made him quit hollywood to go independent yeah. i don't know if it was because of control i think it was studio control was the thing and it always comes down to that and i'm glad he did because then he made they live and that's awesome um but you know part of the thing is that like i mean in blaming i mentioned i i bring up carpenter as himself as the maker a lot because he's you know we both like are big fans of him but he didn't write the script mm-hmm. on this. This was actually something that went... Um, it was a script that started as a Western that they rewrote. And then some other guy, they just... The studio called some script doctor and said, make this something that people actually want to watch. And then they made the movie for it. Um, so I guess, like, story-wise, he did what he could. But it's just the fact... And it's interesting when you think of action movies in that way. Because sometimes... You think of an action movie like Die Hard, and 
the characters in there are great. But in other action movies, the characters in it are not necessarily, like, deeply, deeply explored or they have, like, major motivations. But at least their arcs and stuff are satisfying. But in this, it really falls flat. I think a big part of it is that there's too many characters. And a lot of them are just useless. Why have them in the movie? Okay, and I'm going to talk about which ones. Number one, you know, um, Gracie Law, she, she works fine in the context of the film. Having her as part of, like, the trio with Wang Chi and Jack, that might have been fine. Then you have um, Egg Shen. The you reporter? Know, okay. Oh, don't, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that's who we were going to say. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Egg Shen, he's cool. He works as, like, the old... He basically fills the role of the old master who's like, ah, oh, we must do this. And he's yeah. has a thing with Lopan. He's got a cool scene with Lopan, and this is a great piece of visual comedy. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies of the film, where at the ending battle... They do the classic thing where they both cast their bolts of power at each other, yep. and then they clash, and then two guys appear in like the mist that results, and they're fighting. And then Lopan is like moving his thumbs like he's playing a video game. That was funny. Yeah, that was a great. That was scene. funny. That was a great. That was like a great use of effects. That was very comedic. I that that was a great moment. Action is pretty is fine. He even has like the opening of the movie. Um, when he's sitting down with a lawyer um, after the result, uh, the events of the film, and he's trying to explain what's going on, and he shows him magic, and he goes, "Oh, magic's real." Action is fine. Okay, here's where the, here are the two characters that are just dead weight. Margot, the reporter. Yep. Who, what does she do in this movie? L- nothing. Nothing. No memorable lines. N- nothing to say about her performance just a waste of a character and then she has of course um a love interest who's also a waste of a character eddie lee um he just yep. rang's friend and he's there um for one scene to translate from chinese to english and that's it <laughs> what's the point you know then there's like uncle they have like uncle chu yeah wang's uncle he's just there to be like also an old wise guy talking to egg shen and just get rid of these characters because at a point in the film, their sort of a journey through the underground it looks more like a caravan where they have all these characters lagging behind and then oh one gets taken away and oh one gets attacked. And they just don't add anything to the film. It really just would have benefited to me from just having a really tighter relationship and more screen time between Jack and Wang Chi, which, you know, it's not a buddy cop movie and this is maybe me like projecting my desire to be but they don't have enough like repartee or like chemistry for me to really get invested in their friendship or relationship so then the movie when he sends him off it's like a goodbye but it's it doesn't feel you know very sentimental to me i don't know um if you want to talk about ways of characters i like that first opening fight where they have the two gangs fighting and then you have the three bad guys appear and then you have low pan appear and he's gone i'm like what is the point of these three somewhat <laughs> epic bad guys why not just have low pan and then an army of grunts and then the three epic bad guys rain thunder and lightning all just die in a really like lame way like the one just explodes and i'm okay <laughs> was that a joke <laughs> like, like the... he just puffs up and then explodes like 
I, I don't, I really don't get it. And how did the other two die? I think. Okay. Uh, so rain dies. Okay, lightning dies at like the very end. And you, you're right that they, they have these characters, and then like at the end of the movie, they're like, oh wait, these guys all have to die. So if he dies, he dies, he dies. They all die quick. Same with Low Pan. He just dies instantly. He he just yeah. It was honestly was incredibly anticlimactic, and maybe that was the point. <laughs> I you get a sense that with the little quip that Kurt Russell gives after that, like okay, that's it, and I don't know, it's a purposeful anti-climate. It just doesn't work very well. It's just like <laughs> the movie, it's just flat. Um, Lightning dies. He gets um, he gets uh when he's when they're escaping. I think he just gets buried in the rubble, and he's it's like when he's shooting lo- lightning at them. I think that's yes. what happens. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then Rain, what happens is that when him and Wang Chi are doing their little jumping match, he jumps up in the air and he's like gonna land on him with his sword. And then Wang Chi just throws his sword up yep. and it just hits him. Yeah, all dies. anticlimactic. And he just dies. And then Thunder, yeah. <laughs> There's like this thing in the movie where he's like a huge guy and he's got a big chin. And he does this thing in the movie where he like, you know, really goes, <clears throat> you know, like he's, he's really winding up. So I guess the joke at the end charging with his, his death, up smash. he's charging his up smash exactly, and, and I think the joke at the end is that he just he's just such a hothead or that he's just so like you know wow, tightly wound that then he just blows up. It doesn't make sense because why does he blow up? <laughs> why does he do that? It, I don't know. The effect is yeah. The effect is cool. I've seen that screenshot of his face where like steam is coming out of his nose yes i've seen that so many times on youtube um but yeah he just blows up and it's just they couldn't even think of a way to kill him he just kills himself by blowing up they're cool like the lightning effect is cool but and like i'm i'm guessing the idea of having like these disciples who do your grunt work for you as like the big bad emperor guy is once again a uh, kung fu b-movie tradition but it they're no characters at all of course they're just guys well that's how like all of these campy movies are like i'll even throw star wars in there where it's just main bad guy b villain and then what you usually have is main hero b hero main hero fights a main villain b hero fights a b villain and in this i guess they do that right but they just do it in a really lame way that i I don't care. Like, my issue with this movie, I guess, if I had to s- summarize it, is that things just happen. Yes. And this is an issue that I have with a lot of, like, parody movies or homage movies, is sometimes they get lost in the sauce and they just become parodies or they just become homages. And you have to take that inspiration and make it into something new. I mean, mm. obviously, they didn't steal anything here. But um, they didn't. They didn't really take something old and recycle it and make something new and and beautiful. Like Tarantino, what he does is he takes inspiration from these fringe movies, and then he makes he makes something of it. This I was just like, like the exposition dumps, or sometimes with the choreography, I'm like, is this a joke? Is this parody? Like I'm, I just you feel it when you like. When something's fully parody, you feel it. You know it. You laugh. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be ex- like not extreme, but it has to 
really selling. And this, again, I feel like we did a movie recently where it was just in that gray area. Like Jack Frost. Although that's kind of unfair because that movie sucks. But in Jack Frost, you don't know if things are parody or not. And the same thing with this is like, what is this? Right? Yeah. You know like, what I mean? I don't know if that tangent means sentence or not, but it's just this movie, things just happen. And I don't know if it's genuine or a joke. You're right. No, it, it rides that line between like homage and parody and it doesn't do it particularly well. There's like, once again, like uh, the aspect that I think is talked a lot about the film is that uh, Jack Byrne is like the hero, but he's not the hero. Like in the beginning, mm-hmm. in that ending brawl at the beginning, he shoots his gun up in the air, some bricks fall and they knock him out. And then he comes back later. And then Wang Chi is like the real hero. And like that stuff shows that it's kind of self-aware of the trope um, and that kind of stuff. And this movie doesn't fall too heavily into like, any kind of cliche that I thought was eye rolling in that sense, or like from that era, like where it's homaging it too much, but it just, it's just so style over substance. You know, the plot is, is just so, it's so thin. It's, it's so thin. It's not worth talking about because it's just, they get this girl and you know what? There are great films with simple plots, but you know what premises, I guess does not equal plot, you know, like Die Hard, the premise is simple. It's just a guy in a building. But the story in it yep. is excellent. It's so intricately told. Uh, all the Chekhov's guns and stuff that are like so satisfying. Like when Hans props up that photo of Holly and, and John. That's such a great moment. And it just pays off well. And it all feels natural. This, it feels labored. Him taking his socks off. Yeah. It's just the storytelling in this. It's, it's just like a vehicle for the action. And it doesn't, it doesn't have that much for to show for itself that's that's the that's the gist of it there's a movie maybe we've talked about where that's happened before where characters are just kind of a vehicle for things to happen and i swear like i was like i like that movie i can't think of an example at the top of my head where i but i know there are movies where that happens and i like it and i think it's because the things that happen to the characters are really, really cool. And in this, like, they were good, but they weren't, like, they weren't crazy. Like, um, Kung Fu Hustle was a parody of Kung Fu movies, and I loved that one. That one's way, way better than this movie. Because it's, like, it's so nuts. It's so nuts. And maybe they didn't have the budget to go so nuts. Like, I don't... But maybe, like... I don't even... Maybe this movie wasn't supposed to be a parody or something, but it's just supposed to be, like endearing it's not like endearing like a, a flash gordon is no not nearly doesn't have yeah. that kind of uh i don't know what it is about <laughs> flash gordon just has this sincerity to it even in like the the new like the the 80 movie um where it just <laughs> it's it's so lovingly um like replicating the source material but it's still like you know it still holds its own as a good movie this one it's the aesthetic of the of the kung fu style movie is there and like all the pieces are there but it just doesn't come together in a satisfying way and at at the end of the film you're kind of just left thinking well that was cool but also like not that great of a film and yeah i don't know it's there's two types there's i guess people say there's two types of movies there's like the plot driven movie and then there's the character driven movie this one isn't too much of either. 
Yeah. I, I don't really think I have anything much more to say about it, to be honest. Uh, let me see what I have in my notes here. Um, yeah, just a quick talk about... Uh, I didn't t- touch some of the performances here. I think Kurt Russell does a decent job. He's playing a Kurt Russell character, which is, you know, it is what it is. But he's got some good moments. He's charismatic. Wise cracking jackass. He's just, he's just a wise cracking jackass hauling ass. You know how he is. Uh, I like his... <laughs> I like the hauling ass uh, plate on his truck. All right. Me too. R.I.P. Steven. Uh, Wang Chi is uh, Dennis Dunn as Wang Chi. He's he's all right. I like James Hong. I actually like James Hong's as David Lopan. Uh, James Hong is kind of like iconic in Hollywood now. Uh, of course, he has the amazing role as Mister Ping in the Kung Fu Panda franchise, and you know it's just and you just you can't get get better than that. But he's pretty he's he's pretty good as David Lopan. I I think his best scenes are not when he's like in his super god mode. His best scenes are when he's yes, just like the old I man agree. in the chair and he's going, ah, let me explain to you things. And then he's, he's really funny in that first scene that we meet him. He is. And and that's like the good stuff with Lopan. And then he actually didn't have a terrible lot of screen time. He didn't have a ton of lines um, when he's like in his monster mode. Then he's just, you know, he's just bad guy. Uh, Victor Wong as Egg Shen is pretty good. He might be my favorite character in this movie, I think. Um... I don't know. You, he was likable. Um, he did a pretty good job. Uh, and then you know, there's Eddie and Margot there, whatever. And then the the, the elemental masters there, they don't even say anything. Um, Susie Pai is Meow Yin. Uh, I feel bad for her because they didn't even bother to give her a character at all. And, <laughs> and if it's one thing you don't take from the older B movies like this, is the kind of damsel in distress that just there to be a trophy they should have given literally they should have given her something like does she have a line in this i don't think so oh let me think um does she talk in that scene where low like she's like floating in the air and the low pan comes into the room maybe she doesn't have a single line i don't know and maybe that's like on purpose but i don't know give her something man like she she comes into the movie and then she gets kidnapped to be a sex slave and then she gets kidnapped to be <laughs> lopan's wife and then she, she makes out with wang chi in the car and makes everybody including myself uncomfortable you know hey let's <laughs> we could do better than this guys come on carpenter come on damn it shit it's that's that's it for the cast really um gerald okamura is the standout he just he's he he better be alive still let me look this up okay he's still alive. oh i don't think so he's alive it says is on he, the wikipedia it says he's 80 I, I think he owns a right to samurai cop uh i hope so well i mean not i don't think anything else is going to come from that franchise anything worthwhile anyway yeah. unfortunately but maybe, maybe we'll get a big budget Samurai Cop 3. Maybe one day. He was in VR Troopers? Holy shit. In in what Troopers? VR Troopers. I, I don't know that one. What is that? Um, Like a ripoff of like Power Rangers. But it's <laughs> like the official sister series of uh, Power Rangers. I've never heard of this. I can't, I can't confess. I think we talked about Power Rangers on the show. 
I watched Power Rangers yeah. when I was I was a dumbass kid. I didn't even remember anything from it. But Virtual Reality Troopers. Did they make a movie of this for us to review? Maybe. No, we could do that. They didn't. That's unfortunate. Okay. But one day we'll get to VR Troopers. Once we actually get to doing TV shows, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, other than that, uh, I don't really have much to say. Like... My, you know, in hindsight, after f- talking about it for 45 minutes, my overall opinion in this movie is somewhat negative. And, my, and I promise you my score will reflect that. But <laughs> the there's some jokes in there, and there's some action in there, and that's, like, the most... Like, and some good performances in there that helped us not be a total flop for me. But I don't know. It just... I really wanted to like this movie because, I mean, we can really get down with some kind of cheesy thrill rise. And, of course, we have over the course of reviewing however many movies we have in the show. But this one just, it just doesn't work for me. And I'm, I don't get the revisionist history about it either, like where now people like this movie. I don't really see where that appeal will come from unless you willingly ignore just these huge glaring problems that the movie has and you just take it as like a haha let's watch this movie uh drink some beers and laugh like you know i I don't think in retrospect this movie is better unfortunately maybe if i watch like a ton of kung fu movies then this movie will be better maybe i'll get some jokes that are hidden but but we shouldn't have to do that i don't know should be good on its own yeah i know yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it is. It is what it is. What it is. I'm going to give this movie five, five bags out of ten. No, you couldn't do it. Sorry, Carpenter, but uh, I'm really indifferent on this movie. Like, last time I watched it, I was like, mm, this is really good. And I think I remember talking to you about it. Like, I was like, oh, it's so subversive. And um, I said something like, it's interesting how they are like almost doing a satire of Americans view of like Chinese mysticism. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't really care about all that crap. Most of it's <laughs> kind of boring. So um, yeah, like they do a, a subversion at the end, which I thought was, which is funny um, where Kurt Russell's character is leaving and then the reporter lady, I don't even remember her name. She's like, aren't you going to kiss, uh, kiss her goodbye? And he's like, nope. I'm actually that was <laughs> just leaves. That was good. Like the movie just kind of needs to lean more into that. I don't know. Maybe just kind of yeah, just take the piss a little bit more. I guess is what would have would have saved it. But I'm gonna give it uh, two out of five bags. Unfortunately, ouch. <sighs> Carpenter, my man, you just didn't come clutch for me today. That's all I have to say. And here's what I'm gonna say though: is that he left Hollywood because of this. And it's documented, or he, at least he said that the studio interference like was all the way up until like the very release of the movie. So I wonder how much of the movie being bad is like a carpenter bad versus like a studio meddling too much bad versus like a carpenter shitting up the movie on purpose, Raimi style because fuck the studio kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's not his best for sure um, of the carpenter movies I've seen. Well, it's not as worse than Dark Star. It's like my least, second least favorite after Dark Star. What uh, 
you you watch WandaVision? I did. Uh, and I also am disappointed by that now. So that's unfortunate. Um, what are you disappointed? Uh, spoiler mode. Uh, spoiler mode here. What's uh, disappointing you? What's disappointing me? Um, I hate any time the show cuts to anything that is not the sitcom portions. Because yep. they suck. Okay? Yep. I hate the characters. I hate... Like, they, there's just no, like, interest... Oh, God. L- okay, let's talk about it a little, okay? It, wait, let me I hop s- in for just one second. Okay. It's so crazy to me. Every time they cut from the sitcom to the real life, it's so shocking. And not because they're in a sitcom and then they're in real life or whatever. It's because a sitcom is so, like, seemingly well-acted and written... And then as soon as we get to the outside, it's just the generic, bland, CIA, FBI, jargon talk, big, bad CIA boss man wants to send a drone to CIA uranium bomb the place. And he's calling the shots now and yada, yada, yada. Like, holy crap. I've seen it a million times now. You hit the nail on the head. Like, we've seen this kind of, like, situation room style military thing in every action movie put up by Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox, all those studios every summer for the last 15 years. I feel like I'm watching a Transformers movie when that happened. The character interactions are not interesting. I don't even like the characters outside of the sitcom. I don't like Darcy Lewis, who they decided to get back from Thor for no reason. Um, Who? That's that's the scientist lady. Uh, the lady from Two Broke Girls. Two. One of the broke girls is here, and she's got a PhD now. Um, she's just saying things. You get the guy from Caitlin. <laughs> How many bags for the new Wandavision episode? <laughs> you gotta yell. Out of ten or out of five? Out of ten. Six. Okay. All right. Continue, Matt. Um, what are you rating? It's I don't like Jimmy, fucking from Ant Man. I don't even mind Randall Park, like as a comedic actor, but like he's not given any good material here. I don't like. Uh, is it Monica? No, it's Maria was her mom. This is Monica Rambo. She's not good. She's not, she's not a good actress. I'm sorry. Then you have generic CIA man doing generic CIA stuff. He's of course, there's the scene where they send a drone in, and then she's like, what? I didn't know it had weapons. And he's like, take the shot. And they do the shot. Yeah. Oh, my God. It ruined things. We've seen this so many times before. This is what the show should have done, okay? The show should have just kept the sitcom veneer throughout the whole show. And I have to say, the episode four, where they have to sit down and spoon feed the audience, just shows that Marvel does not, or Disney does not respect the audience in this intelligent I hated episode four. Oh, easily the worst episode because it just has all the shitty parts of the show. And I don't know, man. Like, they just, they couldn't hold back. I knew it was too good to be true. Like, oh, this is kind of interesting. This is, you know, like it does, as you said, you know, that first episode with that Lynchian moment, you expect some more Lynchian kind of surreal aspects where, you know, like, 
the, everyone breaks character for a second, it goes back. And you still have those, but they just don't hit as hard anymore because they just explained everything. And you already, like, you don't need that explanation because the mystery now, there's no mystery to be had. So what are the next episodes, what are they going to hold us on? Like, just, just the... Vision and Wanda fighting. I don't know, like, uh, I'm so disinterested in the show now. I'm going to finish it because, I, you know, I'm already this far. They already took this many hours. But, uh, yeah, these new episodes were no bueno. Um, just don't... I have a question ha- for you. Yeah. Do you think uh, them recasting Quicksilver is a way to tie in the X-Men universe to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Very clearly. And, I mean, that's pretty cool that they had that... I, why did they have to have that moment where she said they recast him? Like, <laughs> so fucking embarrassing. Fucking embarrassing. Uh, yeah, it, it is. I think they've said that they're going to tie this in with uh, Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange thing. So that'd be cool. You know, I mean, that moment was cool. Like, you know, but even then, that's like an immersion breaking moment because I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy's from a different studio. Now they integrated him. Ah, uh, uh, God, I just, I can't do it anymore, man. I can't do, I, I could do, I could enjoy the show better if the situation military sword stuff was not so fucking bad and cliched and not interesting and just honestly cringe to watch. Cringe. It's cringe. It's cringe. There's no other way to say it. I'm watching this. I'm hearing these, these quips delivered. Everyone... Everyone shits on Marvel for their quips. Sometimes the quips are funny. The quips Clearly, here are not funny. <laughs> you see an egg broken and you think that of me? No. I am the one who makes the omelet. Okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. So WandaVision. It's disappointing me now. Maybe it'll pick it up in the next few episodes. Probably not, though. No, it's probably just going to be a big fight at the end. Wanda is probably going to have to kill Vision or... Something like that. And then CIA guy will say, oh, we're sending in uh, Galactus to kill you. (laughs) And then, you know, they're going to put together a team and whatever. Like, the only mystery now, the only thing making the show a mystery is, like, stuff that I I don't really care about. Like, oh, why are they aging so fast? And um, uh, why is Wanda... God, why is she Doctor prof- prof- uh, Manhattan now? Whatever. And yeah, I don't know. And then they they make the weird decision where they just I guess they want they have Wanda come out. And she's like, I'm okay with this. I'm fully conscious. It's like their way of showing that she knows what she's doing. She doesn't really care. And I mean that's it's kind of interesting that they just took the hero and they made them very explicitly doing bad things but i don't know where the show is going to go from this we'll be back next week talking about the new disappointing episode so you can hear our thoughts about then but uh i'm gonna watch better tv you know the one thing this has got me fiending for is prestige tv maybe i'll watch some good television i i truth be told i don't watch that much tv like i watched tv when i was younger but like in terms of adults like quality tv i've never seen twin peaks i've had that download on my computer for like a year and a half i want to watch twin peaks bad we can review that for the show you know like it's only like two seasons plus the third one which is uh well we'll review that too of course but it's a mixed bag 
depending on who you ask. I'm I'm so close to finishing TNG, and that's like it's so, such a goaded show. Go, more goaded than TOS. Dude, like, God, I don't want to hype it up too much, but, dude, TOS compared to TNG is fucking peanuts. Hey, you can't say that. It doesn't have the Shadster in it, so it doesn't have that X factor, you know? They have, like, almost everyone but Shatner in there, so who cares? Like, returning from the other show? Yeah, first, first, uh, the pilot episode, McCoy's in it. Um, I shouldn't say everyone but Shatner. It's if McCoy... Uh, I mean, Majel Barrett's there as a new character. Um, Scotty's there in that episode where he's a drunk. And um, <laughs> that was, else? was that re- was that relics? Yeah, was that was it? relics. Okay. Uh, Sulu's an episode of Voyager, I think. Voyager DS Nine. I think it's Voyager. Well, I guess they have uh, the flashback episode in. DS9 with the Shanster. Oh, and, and Spock's in TNG too. Nice, that's what I was waiting for. And but a th- good, goaded two-parter. What's it, what's it called? Oh, gosh, it's... um. Oh, shoot, what is it called? It's I'm going to know it as soon as I see it. Spock, TNG... Uh, unification unification part one and two basically the rom like the romulans and vulcans are related right but they're just so different now um so spock has basically been trying to reunify the romulans with the vulcans that's basically the premise of it and then his his dad uh Sarek, uh is dying during the episode and he wants to reach out to his son Aww. Because everyone thinks that Spock is now a terrorist working with the Romulans. Didn't we already go over that last time? What time? Oh, in uh, um, Balance of Terror? Yeah. Well, they're going over it again. You'd think they would have cured space racism by now. Some, put out some pill <laughs> or something. but I guess not. Caitlin has this poster... That she got for Christmas with like, it's one of those scratch off ones, like a hundred movies you should see. Mm-hmm. And they scratch off the poster once it's done. So we've just been watching great movies. I'm loving it. We watched Goodfellas. We watched No Country for Old Men. We watched Up. Mm, 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 mm. you never seen Up before? I've seen Up, but like it's been a minute since I saw Up. That's a really good movie, yeah. Do you, did you know uh, Return of the King won 11 out of 11 Oscars? Yeah, that was, like, the big thing. And I I think people... I, it's considered, like, the best Lord of... Or some people say it's not, right? I think Fellowship is considered the best I think it's not. One. I think Fellowship is the best Lord of the Rings movie. Caitlin. Caitlin. What? Best Lord of the Rings movie. The first one? Fellowship of the Ring? Sure. Nice. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, um... I think people saw that as, like, let's... Well, because that was the last movie, and like the whole trilogy is just seen as like a great cinematic achievement. So that might have been them throwing them a bone. It's like when they give Oscars to like actors that never got one for like roles that aren't yeah. that great. Like you know, yeah. To be honest, you know, DiCaprio. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the role is his role in Revenant is fine, but he's just grunting and spitting 
Like it's it's too much. It's like it's very much Oscar bait, an Oscar bait performance, and then they're like, okay, fine. But like I, him in Wolf of Wall Street is goaded. He's goaded in Wolf of Wall Street. He's goaded in what else has he been nominated for? Titanic. If yeah, he's whatever. I didn't like. I don't like that movie. <laughs> I don't like One that sec. movie. Let me let me find these DiCaprio roles. Uh, he's good in Aviator. He's really good in uh, Catch Me If You Can. Once Upon a Time. He's pretty good in that, yeah. Great Gatsby. Well, I mean, he's decent as Gatsby. The movie is... I wish that movie was way better than it was. Akira 2021? What is this? I I think... Aren't they doing a live-action Akira? Stop! Please, for the love of God. Don't worry about it, bro. Don't worry about it, bro. It'll be good. It won't be good. It, what, do you, what do you need to add to Akira? Except to... Well, you know what? This is... You have to a- adapt these, you know, Japanese... These anime classics and great mangas to... Because we can't read subtitles, Lucas. I won't do it. I refuse. <laughs> There's no way in hell you're getting me to read when I'm trying to watch a movie. That's it. Period. I want to watch it, not read it. <laughs> hey, you know. You know it. Akira, you don't... Whatever. If it's not in English, then it's not made for me, and I don't want it. That's what you have to understand. Ten reasons Keanu Reeves should be Kanita in a live-action Akira <laughs> film. He's a little old for the role. <laughs> uh, they shouldn't. They should. Well, yeah, another reason they shouldn't do Akira if they're doing it is that the kid actors. Ugh, I, 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 like you know. <laughs> Oh god! And then they'll fill out. Then they'll fill out the cast with established actors, and then those will take the screen time instead of the story yep. being about Kaneda, um, and Tetsuo, and oh, oh lord, oh lord. As an aside, number ten, his Asian ancestry. <laughs> is no. that, is this a real thing you're reading? Yep, number nine. No. He can lead an action-packed blockbuster like no other. I, he can lead a action-packed blockbuster. I thought you were joking. I thought that I think you made that up. He's already been animated on film before. What? What is this? Number list? five. He can one hundred percent pull off Kanita's sense of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? And you know, okay, maybe I'm missing something, but. Ha- I, this can't be seriously considered because Kaneda's a kid. He's like 15 years old. Number one, John Wick. The only other role aside from his previously mentioned stint as Neo in the Matrix movie um, that officially qualifies Keanu Reeves as, as a perfect Kaneda is his titular role in the John Wick series. You can catch him reprising the character in the latest sequel. Is this a fucking shill? <laughs> You can catch him reprising <laughs> the character in the latest sequel, John Wick, Chapter 3. Thank <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, I don't... This has to be satire. I think this is satire. Wait, hold on. Let me check. This has to be fake. Is there already the... I don't even know. I don't know what's real anymore. The worst thing that happened to Keanu... Um, ever was the internet. Um, yeah. Face <laughs> Chungus, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Just fucking, I can't do it anymore. I hate the breathtaking meme. You know, why do we have to just turn everything into a meme? 
I bet Keanu, I bet Keanu hates all the memes. You know, the whole meme oh, yeah. started with him being he's a low key guy and he's a nice guy and he's an actor that isn't a dickbag, which is you know uh, one in a million now. But now nah, it's just whatever. Anyway, uh, I won't watch whatever Akira shit they put out, even if it's done by Taika Waititi. I don't, I don't believe in him. I don't trust like that. It's that simple. All right, let's end the show. Let's end the show. Uh, what are we doing next week? I told you to pick one. All right, hold on. Give me uh, 25 seconds. Okay. Okay, consulting something. God, it's so long to load. Um, do we already do laser blast? Yep. Okay, hold on, let me pick it. Well, now I gotta redo my pick, so just give me a second. Did we already do Big Trouble in Little China? We did that one, I think, um, one, two, uh, five episodes ago. Okay, we're gonna do Face Off. Um, okay. Hoo-wee, you're good looking. That's a great movie. That is Big Bags. I don't care. I know Luke is gonna come packing some. This movie sucks. A type discussion i don't care how bad it is i love that movie it's so worth it the performance it's so pure in the cage and I, at the end of the day i just i put that movie on and i just want to turn my brain off you know i love when he does his like orgasm face where he's singing in the choir behind that lady and he's kind of like dry humping her <laughs> I really, I really love that too. To be quite honest, is this Travolta's best role ever? Yeah, Travolta peaked here, for sure. He, yeah, I would agree. Or as the woman in, uh, in, <laughs> in uh, hairspray. Well, in hairspray, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say this is better than Pulp Fiction for sure. That's you know, better than. Uh, Better than Saturday Night Fever, I'll say that. I'm. Uh, I just looked him up. Uh, it looks like he's in a Super Bowl commercial. So once we're done here, I'm gonna have to watch that. Um, okay, looks like he does a homage to Greece in whatever new commercial there is. And I see he's he's now rocking the Jeff Bridges look of all the hair on the bottom of the face and none on top. So uh, this will be good to see. Fucking Iron Man, that's how I think of it. It's weird that I think of him like that, even though he's, even though he's, you know, we watch Big Lebowski all the time. But that's Jeff Bridges to me. That's now, that's Jeff Bridges now. Because he's got the Obadiah Stain look. Actually, he doesn't even look like that now. Okay, that was just a one time in Iron Man, but I watched that when I was really young, okay? Left an impression.